I want to start out telling you about this guy. His name was Neil. Neil was kind of a simple guy, lived in a small town. And in fact, people used to mock Neil and take advantage of him. And uh, they would always play this trick, they thought, on Neil. And so what they would do is they would hold out a dime and a nickel and say, Neil, which one do you want? And Neil would always say, I like a nickel, it's bigger. And Neil would take the nickel. And every time they would do this, he would take the nickel, and people would laugh and mock him behind his back, you know, as being simple-minded and, and really not thinking through things. Well, as, uh, as it would come about, there was a guy in the town that got kind of tired of people taking advantage of Neil like that. So he went to Neil and he said, Neil, why is it that you always take the nickel and the dime? The dime is worth twice as much as the nickel. And Neil whispered in his ear and said, I know that, but if I quit taking the nickel, they're going to quit offering me the money. You know, Neil wasn't as dumb as people thought he was. In fact, he was pretty wise. And you know, that's what we're thinking about in the series we're doing now, Wisdom for the Journey. There's all kinds of wisdom out there, but we want to be wise. There was a guy that quit going to church, and he started fishing every Sunday. He would go out on the lake, and he would be fishing. Well, all of a sudden, he started coming back to church after a couple of years, and on and on, he was, you know, he was there every Sunday. And finally, the preacher asked him, said, you know, John, what happened? Why are you coming to church now all of a sudden and not going fishing? John said, well, I prefer to hear you preach than to hear my wife preach. And so John was a pretty wise guy, too. So today we continue to think about the wisdom. And you know, we've been talking through this series about knowledge and wisdom. Because knowledge is one thing. Knowledge is the gathering of information. But wisdom is a good sense to know how to apply that wisdom into your life. There was a lady who looked out her front door and she saw a, a gas company truck pull up. And two guys get out, and they start walking down her long driveway toward the back of the house. And they got back there, and they were looking at the gas um, meter, and they were having a discussion. And as they had that discussion, all of a sudden, it sort of, she could tell, she couldn't hear, but they started going back and forth, and it got kind of heated. And then all of a sudden, they took off running. And she thought, what in the world? And, and, um... The discussion the guys were having was this. One guy called the other guy an old man. And the old man said, well, I might be old, but I can outrun you. And so he took off running, and the young guy tried to catch him, and they ran all the way down the driveway back to the van. But when they got to their van, they heard footsteps behind them, and they turned around, and it was the lady, and she was running after them. And they said, ma'am, what's going on? Can we help you? She said, listen. When I see two guys having a heated discussion at a gas meter and all of a sudden they take off running, I'm not waiting around to see what happens. And, you know, she was pretty wise as well. So sometimes we can have knowledge, but we need to have wisdom. And godly wisdom 
is what we really want. We're continuing our series called Wisdom for the Journey. We've been looking at the five books in the middle of the Old Testament. They're called wisdom literature. Some people call them Hebrew poetry. That's usually how they're written in a poetic form. And we talked about in the first message how that poetry works. It's not like our poetry with rhyme, but it has to do with the lines and the different ways that they break down. You can go back and see that message on on our website if you'd like to go back and look at it. But there's a lot of wisdom in this literature. And we looked at the book of Psalms first, and we looked at three of the most uh, famous Psalms, and then we looked at Job, and today we're up to the book of Proverbs. And so I raise a question today that we should think about. Why is the book of Proverbs beneficial today? I mean, really, if you think about the book of Proverbs, it's 3,000 years old. How can that be relevant to us today living in this modern culture? Well, it's very simple. It's because it's part of the Word of God, first of all. And the Bible says in Hebrews 4.12, the Word of God is living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates to dividing soul and spirit. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Peter said in in 1 Peter, uh, the Word of God endures forever. And Jesus said, uh, heaven and earth may pass away, but my Word will never pass away. And so that's why it's important, because it's part of the Word of God. Now, today I want you to turn with me to the book of Proverbs. You know, this word is given for our benefit. Uh, God uses His word to lead us and to guide us and to educate us and to reveal Himself to us and His Son, Jesus, and to bring wisdom for living on this thing we call life's journey. So look at Proverbs, and we're going to look at the first chapter. You know, one great thing about the book of Psalms and the book of Proverbs, I call them the dynamic duo because they bring a lot of important information to us. And they were written by, well, not written, but compiled by a father and his son. David was responsible for Psalms, and then the Proverbs comes right after it, was his son. Now, Psalms is, uh, David didn't write all of them, but he wrote most of them. And he compiled this book that is full of wisdom that helps us know how to worship God. It helps us come to know God better. It helps us come to uh, uh, know how to express ourselves to God better and to pray. Now we have the book of Proverbs that's a little different. It's more practical, everyday advice for how we live our lives as we go about life's journey. And so we're going to look at that today. And I want to begin, we're going to read chapter 1, the first six verses. The Proverbs of Solomon son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance. For understanding proverbs and parables and sayings and riddles of the wise. So the book of Proverbs is written for wisdom. It's written to help us gain wisdom. 
So as we think about that today, the first thing I want you to think about is Proverbs is a book of sayings collected by King Solomon. Uh, we learn here that Solomon is responsible for this. You know, the very first verse, the Proverbs of Solomon. He may not have written them all, but he collected them. In fact, we're, we're going to see a little bit later on, there were some 3,000 uh, 3, 3, 3, Proverbs that he collected. He didn't write them all, but he collected them. Um, Solomon had a passion for learning. In fact, if you go over to 1 Kings... Uh, chapter 3, we'll learn about Solomon here. 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 5. At Gideon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream. And God asked, uh, God said, Ask for whatever you want, and I will give it to you. Solomon thought for a minute, and then he says, You know, you've made me a king at such a young age. You blessed my father David. And this is what he asked for in verse 9. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong for who is able to govern this great people of yours. Over in the book of Second Chronicles chapter 1, it says Solomon asked for wisdom and knowledge. And this is what God replied to him in verse 12. I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never be anyone that is like you, nor will there ever be. If we go over to chapter 4 of this book, in verse 29, it says, God gave Solomon wisdom and very great insight and breadth of understanding as measureless as the sand on the seashore. Solomon's wisdom was greater than the wisdom of all the people of the east and greater than all the wisdom of Egypt. He was, the wiser, he was wiser than anyone else. It goes on to tell us there in verse 34, From all the nations, people came to listen to Solomon's wisdom sent by all the kings of the world who had heard of his wisdom. So this, this guy Solomon, this son of David, the, first, the second king of Israel, he was a very wise guy. He was smart beyond measure. And he helped give these proverbs that we have in this book. Now, this book breaks down into actually five sections. First of all, there is uh, exhortations to embrace wisdom. First nine chapters, Solomon just says, look, you guys get this wisdom. You got to get hold of it. Uh, the next few books, chapters 10 through 24, he gives us some practical wisdom to use in our lives. Then we have more Proverbs collected by Hezekiah and his men, but they're called Proverbs of Solomon. So they must have found some of Proverbs Solomon's to add to this book. And then we have chapter 30, the words of Aguar, which probably came from Solomon's collection, and the words of King Lamel in chapter 31, which probably came for, from Solomon's collection. Pro Solomon just didn't write Proverbs. He collected them from all sorts of people, and we have this book of Proverbs from our Bible. Now, some people say, well, what is a proverb? Well, it's not necessarily out of the Bible. There are Chinese Proverbs. There are ancient Proverbs that we have that have been handed down. A proverb is just a short, pithy statement. That is, it's very concise, very expressive, and it's about the nature of man, and they're used to express simple truths. In case of the Bible, God's truths, 
God's wisdom for living. There's a lot of non-biblical proverbs out there. Maybe you've heard some of these. Uh, I like this one. Eat a small toad every morning and nothing worse will happen to you all day long. Or how about this one? I hadn't thought about this. The older you get, the harder it is to lose weight because your body and your fat have become good buddies. Here's one. Experience is what you get when you didn't get what you wanted. Yeah, learn not to do that anymore. And this is one. I've heard this one for a long time. Never use a hatchet to remove a fly from your friend's head. This is one I hadn't thought about. Red meat is not bad for you. It's fuzzy green meat that's really bad for you. And this one I'd heard before, never take a sleeping pill and a laxative at the same time. And then there's some that are just really practical, and you've probably heard these. In fact, I heard a guy the other day say this one was in the Bible, and it's not in the Bible. Give a man a fish, feed him for a day. Teach a man to fish, feed him for a lifetime. Or how about this one? A stitch in time saves nine. Or don't judge a book by its cover. What goes around comes around. That's a good one. I hadn't thought about this one. He who thinks he knows all the answers has not been asked all the questions. And I find that to be very true. But you know what? There are some proverbs that probably you've heard. Maybe some of these you didn't realize were even in the Bible. But listen. Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Some translations say, guard your heart because it is the wellspring of life. Or how about this one? Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise because ants are so diligent and work so hard. Or this one, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but whoever hates correction is stupid. That's a pretty blunt proverb right there, but that comes right out of the Bible. Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. You know, some people think they've got it all, life all figured out, but they leave God out. And maybe they think they're going the right way. But just because you think you've got it figured out, if you're not following God's way, you're going to end up in death. Proverbs 13, 34. Righteousness exalts a nation. But sin condemns any people. Or this is a famous one. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Proverbs fifteen sixteen: Better a little with fear of the Lord than great wealth with turmoil. Or Proverbs sixteen three: Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and He will establish your plans. Or Proverbs sixteen eighteen: Pride goes before destruction. A haughty spirit before a fall. I like Proverbs 17, 22. It says, A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Some translations say, uh, Laughter is good medicine, but uh, a crushed spirit dries up the bones. And there's on and on, there are good proverbs that maybe you've heard. A good name is desirable than great riches to be esteemed is better than silver or gold or proverbs twenty-seven seventeen: as iron sharpens iron so one man sharpens another you know on and on we could go there's some good ones about the family too 
Maybe you've heard some of those. Those who spare the rod hate their children, but those who love them are careful to discipline. That's about correcting your children when they're young. Or Proverbs 22, 6. Start children off on the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not turn from it. Or how about this one, Proverbs twenty-two fifteen. This is why you need to teach them. Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far away. I like Proverbs eighteen twenty-two also. He who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. Or Proverbs thirty-one ten. A wife of noble character who can find she is worth far more than rubies. Those are good. There's some humorous proverbs in here too. Maybe you've heard this one. Like a gold ring in a pig's snout is a beautiful woman who shows no discretion. Uh, why would anybody put a gold ring in a pig's snout? You know, it's kind of useless. But that's kind of the point of the proverb. Or how about this one? And by the way, I didn't write these. I'm just a messenger here. Uh, Proverbs 21.9 and 25.2 both say the same thing. Better to live on the corner of a roof than share a house with a quarrelsome wife. So, guys, just get up on the roof if she's quarreling with you and sit there. And how about this? This is good advice. Even a fool is thought wise if they keep silent. Maybe I should take, my, take that advice today. Anyway, there's a bunch of Proverbs, and a lot of them give good advice. But here's what I want you to see next is that Proverbs give the wisdom that God wants to impart to his people. You know, everybody wants some kind of wisdom. People want to know things. They want to understand. Today, what do we do when we want to know something? You pull out that old cell phone, you, you find Google, and you type in whatever you want to know. And usually, through a little research, a little reading, you get answers. What do people do before the Internet? You know what they used to do? They used to call the library, or they'd go visit the library. In fact, the New York City Library started a program called Ask a Librarian, and they had these cards. You could drop them off or mail them in, and the librarian would find the answer, and she'd send you something back or talk. Uh, they found uh, recently, well, a few years ago, they found a whole box of cards that were dated way back in the 1950s and 60s. Apparently, they had never been answered. Here were some of the questions on there. What does it mean when you dream you're being chased by an elephant? I wonder what the answer was. Or, why do 18th century English paintings have so many squirrels in them? I had never noticed. Or, if a poisonous snake bites itself, will it die? I'm not hanging around to find out, I know that. Uh, one of my favorite ones that they had in there is somebody wrote in and said I, they were looking for Charles Darwin's book, Oranges and Peaches. And the librarian had to think about that one for a little bit. And finally they realized what the person was looking for is his book, Origin of the Species. Um, you know, or this one. I can relate to this. One person wanted, wrote in, wanted to know, about wallpaper. I have the paper. I have the paste. What do I do next? Does the paste go on the wall or the paper? I've tried both and it doesn't seem to work. 
And if you've ever experienced wallpaper, you know how true that is. Of course, if we want godly wisdom to live our lives, we need to look at these Proverbs. We need to come to know these Proverbs. Listen to what Proverbs 1, verse 8 and 9 says. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. They are a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. You know, God wants to impart this wisdom to us. And God says this about wisdom. Proverbs 1, 7. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And then it says in Proverbs 9, 10, Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So very clearly, the Proverbs teach us that fear of the Lord, that fear is not a shaking in your boots kind of fear, but a healthy fear, a healthy respect of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge. Um, in the book of Proverbs, wisdom is often personified as a lady. Uh, if you look at Proverbs 1, verse 20, listen to this. Out of the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On top of the wall, she cries out at the city gate. She makes her speech. What that's telling us is God is calling to you to get his wisdom to help you live his life. And if you go over to Proverbs chapter 4, Verse 5, get wisdom and understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom, and she will protect you. Love her, and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom, though it costs all you have. Get understanding. And chapter 7 says this. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom, though it costs you all you have. Get understanding. In verse 8, cherish her, and she will exalt you. Embrace her, and she will honor you. So, sometimes in the Proverbs, we see wisdom is called a lady. And it is set in contrast to the adulterous woman, which is against God's way. Listen to Proverbs 2.16. Wisdom will save you from the adulterous woman, from the wayward woman with her seductive words. Chapter 7, verse 1. My son, keep my words and store up my commands within you. Keep my commandments and you will live. Guard my teaching as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Say to wisdom, you are my sister. And to insight, you are my relative. They will keep you from the adulterous woman, from the wayward woman with her seductive words. So there's a contrast here between Lady Wisdom and the adulterous woman, the way of evil and the way of Satan. Another thing I want you to think about is that Proverbs are not given as a list of commands to keep, but rather as general experience of godly wisdom to live by. To, to lead us and guide us. For example, Proverbs 22, 6, we read a while ago, start children off in the way they should go, and when they're old, they will not turn from it. That doesn't mean every child that you raise up in the Lord 
when they get older, they're not going to stray. But what he's saying is a general principle that if you train them right early on, they're probably going to follow the ways of the Lord even in their old age. Or Proverbs 16, 3. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and He will establish your plans. That doesn't mean that every time you say, Okay, God, I'm doing this to honor you, and it's going to work out perfect. But if you do commit to honor God when you do something and ask Him to be involved and seek His guidance, it's going to happen that it'll work out better most often when you do that. The key to this wisdom literature altogether is that we saturate our minds with it, especially these Proverbs. And when situations come up, then we can recall what God said about that situation. You know, Jesus told his apostles whenever they faced trouble, he would give them recall of what he had taught them. He even said the Holy Spirit will remind you of those things. And the Lord can do that for us too. But first of all, we have to get it in our mind. You know, if you're not mindful of it, how can you be reminded of it? And so we have to get in and study these and learn these Proverbs. Here's the connection. Proverbs helps us deal with everyday situations common in Solomon's day in ours, God's way. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants to give us this information so that when we live our lives, when we're on our journey, when we're dealing with relationships, with honesty, with people, with sin, in general, when we're just dealing with life's journey, that we'll have God's wisdom at our hand and in our mind. And having this godly wisdom will help us as we go along our journey. Uh, There's one man who was considered very intelligent. He was extremely smart. In fact, he was hired by a group of investors to find a sunken treasure ship to raise up that treasure, which was $50 million in gold from the gold rush out in California in the 19, uh, 1850s. Uh, this ship had apparently sunken in 1857, and they asked him to find it and bring the gold up, which he was smart enough, and he did all that. The problem is, he ran off with all the gold that the investors had rights to. That was not very smart. He managed to evade the investors and the law enforcement officials for a couple of years because he was so smart. But eventually... They caught up with him. The point of the story is this. Just because you're smart and just because you, you gain great wealth and find gold, it doesn't mean you're wise. That man spent the rest of his life in prison. God has given us these Proverbs to help us. You know, the story of uh, the Proverbs closes out in chapter 31 with a famous proverb known as the wife of noble character. You know, we've seen in these proverbs that God refers to uh, lady wisdom and he refers to the adulterous woman. He sets them in contrast. Maybe this proverb of the wife of noble character, God was thinking about the future when he would call the church the bride of Christ. And maybe that proverb 31 is for all of us 
to take heed about what God says. You can read through all of that, but I want to recount the last few verses. Proverbs 31, verse 26. She speaks with wisdom, and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also and praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for all her hands have done, and let her work bring her praise at the city gate. Maybe that's advice for all of us in how to live our lives. Proverbs 3 encourages us this way. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life for many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. And then this is one of the most famous two verses in the Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to Him and He will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This is the book of Proverbs. It's instruction that God has given us for life's journey. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for these words that you have given us. They are not idle words, Lord. As your word says, the word of God penetrates to dividing soul and spirit. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. And this word will endure forever. And it helps lead us and guide us as we travel through life on our journey. And I pray that you will help us to be a people who seek out this wisdom from this book. We seek to know you better. We seek to know your son. We seek to put our faith in him. And we seek to live by your wisdom. So help us as we go about this in our lives to know you and your wisdom. In Jesus' name, I pray and praise. Amen.